This episode brought to you by Rocket Money, the personal finance app that helps lower your bills. Also brought to you by Chime, the award-winning app and debit card that can save you money today. Hey folks, we're starting YouTube memberships. If you want access to emojis, polls, behind-the-scenes videos, and other perks, check out and see if you want to become a member. More perks coming soon. Hello, I'm the Nostalgia Critic. I remember it so you don't have to. Even if you're not the biggest fan of Disney, everybody's a big fan of their villains. I can't be the only one to say some of the best villains in all of cinema come from Disney's animated library. They're evil, conniving, and at times, damn hilarious. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the evilest Disney villains, but not a ton about who the funniest ones are. Because it is the world of animation, you can combine both the attempts at trying to look and feel realistic with the attempts to be as cartoonishly over the top as possible. This makes for an unforgettable combo that leads to a lot of unforgettable baddies. But which ones are the funniest? Which ones do you look back on and can't help but smile and even kind of chuckle out loud thinking about their goofiest moments? There's a ton of them to look through and I'm gonna give my count today. A few restrictions though. No Pixar movies, and also no properties bought later. This is only the Disney Studios Anime Library because, well, they started this whole animated film business, so I think it makes sense to give them a whole top 11 list. Why top 11? Because <laughs> this is the top 11 funniest Disney animated villains. <laughs> Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Okay, before you go now, she's so low on the list because this isn't the most charming or sinister villains, it's the funniest. In my opinion, there are 10 other villains that make me laugh a lot harder than her, but she is still pretty damn hilarious. From Pat Carroll's wonderful voice work to her one-of-a-kind design, Ursula is about as iconic a villain as you can get. She owns every moment of evil and every moment of hilarity. The way she goes back and forth between being that sassy aunt who breaks some of the rules and a full-on psychopath is seamless. Whether it's doing a natural laugh or an evil laugh, <laughs> a delightful smile or an insane smile, a shout for joy or a shout for darkness, they're all hilariously extreme and extremely hilarious. Don't underestimate the importance of a body language. She enjoys every diabolical move she makes, and we enjoy it with her. She has so much fun trying to gain as much power as possible, and, of course, sneaks in a ton of bitchy one-liners throughout all of it. The miserable, lonely, and depressed. Pathetic. And let's not forget when she transforms from Ariel's voice, too. These scenes of her getting her ass literally ripped off are so much fun and lead to some great reactions. It's so rare we see the traditional Disney princess design go this zany and this slapsticky, so it's pretty enjoyable to watch. Her enjoyment is our enjoyment, and it's pretty difficult not to laugh along. Dear sweet child, that's what I do. <laughs> Number 10. Jafar from Aladdin. This is another one you may think should be a little higher, but again, we are mainly going on laughs. 
With that said, not only does Jafar have some of the funniest moments in Aladdin, though granted I think every character in this movie does, but he also has some great support. Teaming him up with Iago was a brilliant move, as the contrast between Gilbert Gottfried's voice and Jonathan Freeman's voice offset each other perfectly. How may I be of service to you? Pop, you can check it's not like there's a smart one or a dumb one either, it's just two awful characters who are awful in slightly different ways. One uses his smooth voice and intimidating demeanor to his advantage, the other uses his small size and unique voice to get what he wants. And it is pretty fun when you see him kinda switch places when you'll see Iago try to act a little bit more smooth. Excellent work, Iago. Ah, go on. No, really, on a scale of 1 to 10, you are an 11. And Jafar act loud and insane. <laughs> Jafar, get a grip! Good grip. Yet neither feels out of character. <laughs> That is one of the most enjoyably crazy laughs ever. <laughs> Jafar is also a step above Ursula because he too impersonates a different character and... I just find this guy a little funnier. <laughs> he is so over-the-top grotesque but absolutely loves being that way. Hell, even kind of shows off being that way that he just cracks me up. And come on, you gotta love those dad jokes. Your time is up! Don't toy with me! Things are unraveling fast now! Get the point? I'm just getting warmed up! Keep an eye out for my joke book, Evil Puns and Groaning Grumpies. Also, I don't know why, but his reaction after dealing with the Sultan here kills me. <laughs> Most people look at Iago spitting the cracker out, but I always look at him rolling his eyes. For some reason, that just makes me laugh so hard. Your Majesty certainly has a way with dumb animals. In the first film of the Disney Renaissance that was considered a comedic adventure, it only makes sense that its villain should get a lot of good giggles. On a scale of 1 to 10, he's... Well, no, he's 10, but it's a solid 10. <laughs> Number nine. Mad Madam Mim from The Sword in the Stone. This is another one of those underrated characters, and in a weird way, it's not that hard to see why. She doesn't get a ton of screen time, and in the grand scheme of things, you could technically cut her out. But then you not only miss out on a visually inventive battle, but also some hilarious moments. Mim is like that bitchy next-door neighbor who just happens to have the power of Satan. She can transform into anything, yet she spends most of her time playing solitaire. She makes rules up literally so she can break them as soon as she starts. She has these unstoppable powers that can take over the world, but a friggin' flu takes her out. She's just a great mix of contradictions. Her transformations also get a lot of big belly laughs. As both her and Merlin hold on to both their hair and favorite color with every creature they become leading to a lot of funny and creative designs. And yeah, like I said, the slapstick here is a lot of fun. Yes, you wait! You're gonna pay! <sighs> when you think of an evil, funny witch and the evil, funny power she has, Mim is one of the first characters that comes to mind. I'm actually a little shocked they didn't give her more staples of a witch, like the pointy hat and broom. But maybe they thought it'd be too close to other famous witches that they had which already kind of share a similar voice. Oh, bat gizzards. Oh, bless their little black hearts. Whatever the reason, she's a great selfish evildoer who's always in it for herself. And luckily, we're in it too for all the laughs she gives. Oh, ho, ho, I win, I win. <laughs> Number eight. 
Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. One of the fun things about this movie is almost anyone can technically be a villain. Every second somebody is trying to disrupt whatever Alice is doing or even try to cause her harm. Hell, all of Wonderland is literally chasing her by the end. <laughs> but by far the literal queen of hilarious evil is the Queen of Hearts. She's basically a spoiled brat in a grown woman's body and if she ever doesn't get her way, you know what that means. Oh, with their hands. Oh! Watching Alice as well as everybody try to navigate through her temper tantrums is some of the best comedy in an already very funny movie. I love you never know if she's gonna greet you with a smile or an axe. I think half the time even the queen doesn't know. The way she goes from an almost pleasant, even comforting demeanor. Now, um, where do you come from and where are you going? To a demonic she-demon just keeps you on your toes and ready to laugh at any mental breakdown she has. Never mind all that! Get to the part where I lose my temper! I particularly love when she goes cowardly. Once Alice becomes a giant watching her try to still have some authority but also hide behind her tiny husband just slays me. Rule 42, you know. And as for you... And then when Alice shrinks, that look of absolute vengeful delight like, Oh bitch, you're going down. Just like this one drawing mid-yell after the Cheshire Cat pretty much cements Alice's demise. You're a fat, pompous, bad-tempered old tyrant! <laughs> oh, Missed it? Watch it again. Tyrant! <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing. This is a dumb, childish, and of course, mad character who knows how to get the biggest laugh out of every scene she's in. Nothing whatever! Nothing whatever! That's very important! <laughs> Number 7 <laughs> Captain Hook from Peter Pan This is another one where the comedic support helps a great deal. Captain Hook is supposed to be intimidating, but in every version he's supposed to be a little comical too. And his teaming up with both Smee and especially the crocodile lead to some of the funniest animation in any Disney movie. I feel like when people hear the name Captain Hook, this is the first thing that comes to their mind. I'm not even saying he's the best one, I still have a soft spot for Tim Curry, but he's the most recognizable in terms of how he looks and juggling both intensity and comedy. His banter with his bumbling sidekick gets a lot of great moments. Am I not a man of me word, Mr. Smee? <laughs> yes. Always, Captain. And yes, even he shares some great slapstick. Well, Captain, it's nice to see you smiling again. God, that's gold. But like I said, the best moments are with the crocodile. He is so afraid of this thing and so in pain while fighting him, you almost feel sorry for him. But that pity just makes the humor all the better, as his pain is just so genuine. both the crocodile and Smee with Hook, that's it. I am a goner with laughter watching these three together. <laughs> no, really, slow down some of this slapstick to see how perfect the timing is. Even the sound design is perfect. I practically piss my pants whenever he makes that skipping sound across the water after he screams for help. <laughs> So it's him being chased, being skipped across the water, the pirates so scared they're rowing lifts them into the air, Hook traveling under the boat while they're in the air, and the croc following right after. That's five layers of comedy in just a few seconds. Not to mention you also get kind of a half performance with him as the father in the beginning too, which also leads to a lot of great comedy. 
Character is great, his comedic support is great, helping lead to, what else? Some great laughs. Because it beat a bad. <laughs> Number six. Corella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. When people think of the stereotypical evil villainess with a cigarette holder and a fur coat, with a humorous edge to her, Corella is always the first to come to people's minds. Absolutely nothing about her is subtle. Her design, the volume of her voice, even her evil plan is pretty damn intense. I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! Poison them, drown them, bash them in the head. You got any chloroform? Good God, lady. What's so great about her is that she never holds anything back. She does more than wear her emotions on her sleeve. She makes a fashion statement out of it. How are you? Miserable, darling, as usual, perfectly wretched. Everything she does is big and crazy. Half of her extreme reactions look like a giant mosquito who's out for more blood than the world has. I've talked about that sketchy Xerox style in the past and how sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't in Disney films. Honestly here, I'm half and half. I don't think it always works on the human characters, but man does it work on Cruella. Every odd out of place pencil line just makes her look even more unhinged. Like even her line work can't keep up with how extreme she is. She's also one of the few Disney villains who's just as interesting in the straight-to-DVD sequel. <laughs> yep, I confess, I actually really like the sequel to 101 Dalmatians, and a lot of that is because of Cruella's story. She has a complete mental breakdown and suddenly becomes obsessed with creating the perfect work of art that centers around what else dots. That's already funny enough, but when she reveals the only way to create the perfect dot is to use the blood of Dalmatians? Holy shit is that bonkers! But man, it's iconically funny as well. There's a reason she's still a hit Halloween costume all these years later. Because people love to dress up as the fabulous, mental, and fashionably hilarious Queen of Insanity. Cruella, Cruella de Vil. I know this is difficult, but I just don't need you anymore. Close-up shot. Back then I thought I needed you. I really did, but... I just don't need to be subscribed to you. I mean, why did I feel like I had to subscribe to people that sound like the grown-ups from Peanuts? <laughs> oh, you won't say that! You won't say that! <laughs> Who told me? Rocket Money told me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I'm glad you understand. No! I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. If I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Be mature! Okay, actually, you can be like that. That's okay. That's, oh, that's kind of cute. I like that. Uh, nope, that ruined it. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. I thought we could talk without using that language. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year. With over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Take that thing that doesn't exist! Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com nostalgia. That's rocketmoney.com slash nostalgia. No, I will say it again, rocketmoney.com slash nostalgia.
You know, now this will happen if I just got shined. Wah, yes, wah, we are wah, doing wah, our sponsorship! Because you can set yourself up for financial success by starting to build your credit history today. With the Chime Secure Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can build credit by making everyday purchases and on-time payments. Plus! Wah, wah. There's no annual fee or credit check to get started. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Build credit using your own money. You also get a checking account too. You can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Because with a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. <laughs> you can get fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access over 60,000 fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Oh, I'm doing the wrong part now. Send and receive money, pay friends through Chime, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. Build your credit this new year. Just open a Chime checking account with over $200 qualified direct deposit to get started. Go to Chime.com slash nostalgia. That's Chime.com slash nostalgia. You can do the mandatory disclosures. <laughs> no, that's not working. I'll do it. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the bank or bank, NA or Stride Bank, NA members, FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and over-the-counter advance fees may apply. Call 1-844-244-6363 for details. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Now I'm gonna go shave before people start asking, Didn't he not have a beard earlier? <laughs> Number five. Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective. It's rare you get a villain who's equally intelligent, charming, and funny as the lead in a Disney movie, but Radigan and Basil are perfectly matched. This is different than some of the other Disney villains where they have good comedic support. Here, Radigan's comedy mostly comes from his rivalry with the main protagonist. It's a battle of the egos, and both of them are equally comedic. I haven't had a moment's peace of mind. However, Radigan has an animation style that truly is something to behold. He's one of only two characters on this list, the other I'll get to later, who I simply can't separate the voice from the animation. Like, you can replace other Disney characters with other voices, and sure, they may not be as good, but you could still buy it okay. Vincent Price's voice and his comedic timing are so ingrained with this design and movement, I can't fathom any other sound coming out of him. It really is what the phrase hand in glove was invented for. Let me show you how it works. What? Basil on the case! Both his large size and intimidating bruteness contrast perfectly with his sophisticated daintiness. He's both a bloodthirsty monster, but also an elegant dancer who literally has a fountain of champagne. When he's bested, it's both so satisfying and hilarious to see, slithering from a quiet whisper to a thunderous roar. Though frankly, I expected you 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> you never know what's gonna come out of this guy except that whatever it is, it's probably gonna get a laugh. What else can you say, but he's tops and that's it. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> Number four. Yzma and Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. Alright, so I'll admit, this isn't a movie I really got that into. I'm not the biggest David Spade guy, but I don't know, maybe I gotta see it again. However, I am really huge in Eartha Kid and Patrick Warburton, so naturally, I love these two. 
Words can't describe the bizarre chemistry these two have. Both their animation and their voice acting get so many laughs whenever they're on screen. Does he, a little to the left, have any idea of who he's dealing with? It's no secret the movie doesn't keep that close to telling a straightforward dramatic story. In fact, half the time they just abandon logic for a joke. How did you get back here before us? Uh, uh, how did we, Kronk? Well, you got me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. And most of those scenes do come from these two. It's another strange pairing of opposites, with one being the brains and the other being the bronze, but the uniqueness of how these two talk and the unexpected tone shifts in their humor always keep you guessing as to what they're gonna say or do next. The design on these two are also crazy memorable. They almost look like carvings on an ancient temple if one of them was withering away and the other was on steroids. They so don't go together that it naturally creates comedy without even having to try that hard. He's still alive! Well, he's not as dead as we would have hoped. He can't come back. Especially after that lovely eulogy. These two are just so naturally hilarious. It's hard to even explain. They just have the most unique, yet familiar, bombastic, yet pathetic, strong, yet also weak relationship a comedy duo should have. More and more, the internet makes memes out of them, and for good reason, they just produce so many laughs no matter where you place them. Well, almost where you place them. The movie as a whole may not be my thing, but even I know what a phenomenal comic duo these two have always been. Happy, happy birthday, and all your dreams come true! We wish you a happy It's your birthday! <laughs> Number three. Prince John from Robin Hood. Prissy Prince of Nottingham brings all his glamorousness and maybe just a few innuendos? I've got a dirty thumb. Okay, maybe a lot of innuendos, but even outside of that, this character is die-hard, laugh-out-loud amazing. Like some of the villains on this list, he's pompous, egotistical, whiny as hell, incredibly vain. But unlike those other villains, he's teamed up with a snake. Which, yes, just makes the innuendos even funnier. Be gone, long one. To hell with Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin and Jasmine, these two are Disney's power couple! They work so well off each other and practically breathe humor. Just about everything they do is funny. It always sounds like their voice actors are just having a ball, going over the top, but in a way that's still believable to what the characters are. John the Worst! Marvelous, merciful. You got it all wrong. The sniveling, groveling, wheezing. Every moment with them is like watching couples counseling go incredibly wrong, but incredibly right at the same time. You know in some respects they shouldn't be together, but you know in many other respects nobody else would be able to stand them. So it's like an alliance of convenience. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Please don't do that. Mm. You have a very loud thumb. I think it's pretty straightforward why these two are so great. Well, maybe not straightforward. Come on, you knew I had to make that joke. And if you disagree, just think of the funniest couple you can having an argument. And tell me these two aren't at least just as funny. Get out of that if you can. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. It's a villain that's both so simple yet hilarious at the same time. Gaston is the egocentric, good-looking hunter who's a favorite of the entire town except for Belle. For the man who has everything, he wants, well, everything, including Belle's hand in marriage. Who will have six or seven? Dogs? No, Belle. 
strapping boys like me. Seeing his transformation from comedic foil to an absolute monster happens so naturally, yet you realize it's not even a transformation. We just find out more about him. In that first half, though, he's both so intimidating, but so pathetic at the same time. You have to laugh while watching him. It's fun seeing someone people admire for being so confident become so desperate and dumb and trying to get what he wants. He needs all the help he can get! <laughs> don't talk about my father that way! Yeah, don't talk about her father that way! <clears throat> He's a guy everybody has seen somewhere in their lives. Maybe you don't know him personally, or maybe you do, but you recognize a lot of this character in other people. Once again, he's given great support with his sidekick, LeFou. The small doofus who often gets things wrong, but loves being in the presence of greatness. Even if he's often punished for it. So, how'd it go? Gaston is so egocentric, even his villain song is named after him. Yeah, not be prepared or hellfire or singing about things that are important to the villain, because to this villain, he is the most important thing to him. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Even when he goes full evil, there's still some funny moments with him. Like his taunts are just so mean, I always have to chuckle at them. What's the matter, beast? <laughs> Too kind and gentle to fight back. And when he's finally bested, it's so great seeing him turn into a complete quivering coward. Let me go! Please, don't hurt me! The voice acting is great, his design is unassuming, his writing flows very organically and he's a laughably dumb clod all the way through. No one's as great as Gaston, except maybe one. And the number one funniest Disney animated villain, come on, you know it's Hades. Like half of you I know just skipped ahead to see if your guess was correct, and it was. Hades is a comedic miracle of animation. Yeah, so as a lot of you are probably aware, I wasn't like the biggest fan of this movie, which also led to some comedic avenues. It's, it looks like Vegas, why does it look like how is that funny? I don't <laughs> look, I'm sorry. Anything that has me look like Slugworth from Tom and Jerry Willy Wonka is gonna make me laugh. Anyway, I didn't hate the movie. Honestly, when the film came out, it didn't get a warm reception from critics and audiences, so it is interesting seeing it get more and more of a following. With that said, everyone across the board said James Woods' Hades was about as perfect a comedic performance as you could get. So is this an audience or a mosaic? How are things in the underworld? Well, they're just fine. You know, a little dark, a little gloomy, and as always, hey, full of dead people. What are you gonna do? The story is he was in a silly mood and he voiced the character like his agent, and they reworked the film around that. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, I'm cool, I'm fine. And okay, I'll just say it, I get the feeling that if James Woods was not Hades in this, I don't think people would like this film as much as they do. Other movies like Peter Pan or Beauty and the Beast or Great Mouse Detective, if you replace the villain or even take him out, there's still other great things about him. There's still these masterworks. I could be wrong, but I think people would like Hercules fine, but love it because of Hades. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but take him out of the equation and really think about if you would keep returning to this movie. I honestly think he means that much to it. This is a performance that makes every line funny, especially yeah, again, I'll just say it, with a script that doesn't have that many funny lines for him. Not that they're all bad, they're clearly not, there are some good one-liners, but written, I don't think a lot of them would get that big a laugh. Like when he says the line, we dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy, what do you say? Come on. It's not really that funny a line, but when he says it... We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy, what do you say? Come on. God damn, is that hilarious. This is the other character on this list, aside from Radigan, that I cannot separate. At all. 
Nobody could replace this voice. Ever so nicely. Aye, verse, aye. And funny enough, nobody has. Woods actually loves doing this voice so much that he said he would always return to voice it. That is a huge undertaking for such a popular character, but man, I think I speak for everyone when I say we're all thankful he does. People are, are gonna get hurt, aren't they? Nah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a possibility. It happens, you know, it's war, but what can I tell you? Anyway. It's almost scary how funny he makes these lines, which is not to say he can't also be intimidating when he needs to be. When a scene has to be serious, he can play it serious, but he does so in a way that never feels forced or out of character. Gerald Scarfay's design also allows the animation to be as vibrantly moody as the scene demands, with his fiery hair changing color depending on his emotions, making his reactions all the more humorous. The one schmeel who can last it up is waltzing around in the world! The speed, the charm, that distinct articulation, it is one of the most comfortable, ingrained, naturally funny performances not just in a Disney film, but in any animated film, period. I'm not gonna pretend like every line is a laugh riot or anything, but every line has a spark of comedic joy that's impossible not to at least giggle or smile at. I know! You know, I know, I got it. I got the concept. The way the manic animation matches his mood swings, the way Woods performs the mood swings, and the way they meld together to absolute perfection, I really think is an amazing feat of comedy. He's the most hilarious kind of evil Disney has to offer, and in such an amazing lineup, it probably goes without pointing out, that's really saying something. Whoa, is my hair out? With that said, do you agree? Do you think these are the funniest Disney villains? Do you think I was way off? Do you agree with the order, or did I get them backwards? Let me know what Disney baddies you think should be on the list, and we'll see what other great comedic foes Disney will make in the future which is already not off to a great start. I'm a nostalgia critic, I remember, so you don't have to. This month for Cameos for Charity, we're doing the Center for Victims of Torture. I've done this charity a couple times and there's a reason. I literally cannot think of anything worse. We've used the word torture as a way to emphasize things we don't like to go through, but these are people that have literally gone through the worst things you can imagine. This center heals victims of torture through personal care worldwide, strengthens partners who heal torture survivors, and advocate for the protection and care of torture survivors. Heavy stuff I know, but you can help out. If you want a cameo of me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. If you're like, nah, you suck, consider checking out this charity anyway. They're wonderful people doing wonderful work, and you can play a big part in helping with the healing.